Welcome back to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A, Bills fans. My name is Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumblings.com. Before we get started with this week's questions and answers, I wanted to quickly go over how you can contact the show to leave your questions for next week's episode. We always record on Tuesdays and release our podcast on Wednesday, so you've got a couple days probably to submit your questions. As always, leaving a voicemail is the best option for us because we get the audio and you can call and do that at 716-508-0405. You can send us a tweet at rumblings Q and a with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. You can send us an email at buffalo rumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us a text at 716-508-0405. Facebook message, you can leave a comment in the comment section of our post at buffalorumblings.com. There's just lots of ways to get in touch with the show to leave your questions, and we're always looking for great questions to enhance the show. Last week, I promised you I would give you a nice little opening rant on uh, wide receivers coach Chad Hall and quarterbacks coach Ken Dorsey this week. Let's start with Hall just to keep you guessing and talk about the new wide receivers coach for the Buffalo Bills. Hall comes in and replaces Terry Rubisky, who had had a long and distinguished career as wide receivers coach around the league. He eventually catched, he eventually caught on um, with another job. So it's not like he's out of demand in the league. It's just the Bills decided to move on from him. Hall brings experience in the NFL and working with Andy Reid, but not really any coaching experience. Andy wasn't like some great player in the NFL or something like that, so he, so he can work off that. But he was a hard worker for uh, the Eagles and then later the Chiefs under Andy Reid. And, of course, uh, Sean McDermott worked with Andy Reid for a long time. So there is a little bit of that um, nepotism working in Hall's favor, uh, at least when he got hired. But um, – Hall has been with the Bills for two years now as an offensive assistant, and Sean McDermott has deemed him worthy of receiving this additional chance. And it's not like McDermott is holding on to players or coaches that he has some sort of special connection with just to hold on to them. Uh, He got rid of Nathan Peterman. He got rid of Juan Castillo, who he's known for a long, long time since he first started working with the Eagles way back in the day. So he's not just keeping guys out of blind loyalty. He's He's evaluating them and moving on from them when it's appropriate. So Hall's earned this opportunity according to, to Sean McDermott, and, um, and, and that's got to be at least worth something. It's also worth noting that Hall is on an upward trajectory in his career, and lots of Bills fans would be complaining if they hired just another retread or a guy that's been here and been there and been everywhere else. So it's, um, it's an interesting hire, um, and I'm willing to let it you know play out, but he's going to be pretty close in age to some of the free agents they might be talking to. Hall is, um, let's see here. Hall is 32 years old. Golden Tate, one of the free agent wide receivers Buffalo might target is 30 years old. So, I mean, that's pretty darn close. He's, he's younger than at least Lorenzo Alexander on the roster. I don't know if he's younger. I don't think he's younger than anybody else on the current bills roster. Oh yeah. Steven Hauschka. He's younger than Steven Hauschka. So, I mean, that's not nothing. As far as Dorsey's concerned, it's the same things as Hall, right? It's a little bit of the nepotism thing because Dorsey and McDermott worked together on the staff of the Carolina Panthers. 
when McDermott was hired, he actually interviewed Dorsey for the offensive coordinator job in Buffalo before giving it to Rick Dennison. So Dorsey's uh, star was on the rise just a couple of years ago, but uh, he was fired by the Carolina Panthers as their quarterbacks coach recently, ended up as the offensive coordinator of Appalachian State, I think, before just a little over a month later taking the job as Bill's quarterbacks coach. He obviously was able to help Cam Newton develop into an MVP candidate and eventually an MVP. Uh, so he's got experience doing that. He's got experience working with the same type of quarterback that Josh Allen can be, a uh, little bit of a runner, big-bodied, a little bit of a passer. So I don't really have a problem with this hire either, um, even though I know a lot of folks are like another Carolina Panther. Uh, we actually discussed this on an episode a, f- a few weeks back with um, after Heath Farwell was hired from the Carolina Panthers. Even though Farwell and McDermott never worked together, it was still another hire from the Panthers. And so we actually talked about it at the time. Are there too many Panthers coming to Buffalo or too many former Panthers coming to Buffalo? And and I don't see it as a problem because he's been willing to move on from folks that he has strong connections to in the past uh, when they aren't performing. As long as he can keep doing that and you know, critically evaluating guys he's got working long working relationships with, then I really don't have a problem with it. And that's Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, both of those guys. Uh, It's how it works in the NFL and in most job situations. If you know a guy, you're able to get an interview, and so you're more likely to get a job. So I don't have a problem with the number of Panthers or former Eagles or former Andy Reid guys that are coming to Buffalo. Now it's time for some questions. This week's question I'm getting a lot has to do with a series of articles I've been writing for buffalorumblings.com about contract extensions for several of the Buffalo Bills uh, unrestricted free agents. I'll definitely link these up in the show notes, but the the reason we're writing contract extension articles for Jordan Mills and John Miller and um, and a couple of these other guys that are set to become free agents for Buffalo is that, you know, they're average to below average NFL starters. They're guys that are NFL NFL caliber players. And, you know, they're going to be getting a couple million dollars a year on the open market when it, when they officially do become free agents. And you need guys like that on your team, not just, you know, frontline top of the line starters. You need guys that can step in and play meaningful snaps for you. Uh, Jordan Mills has, you know, five or six years of starting experience in the NFL. And while he has not been good as the Bills right tackle, he is better than a lot of other right tackle options that are out there. And, you know, they brought in Marshall Newhouse last year who had been a starter in this league for several other teams. And he never even got a whiff of beating out Jordan Mills in training camp or the preseason. And they eventually traded him because Mills outperformed him uh, by such a wide margin. The same, uh, even though Miller got replaced, you know, last season when he entered 2018, he was the unquestioned starter at right guard. He was only taken out for a handful of snaps uh, for Ike Butker at at one point in the season just to see what they had in Butker. But these are guys that are going to be getting good contracts to be either a depth option or a potential starter. I mean, they're not going to be you know, anointed the starter at these positions. But the reason we're writing these articles is to show you what these guys are worth on the open market. And 
I, I understand a lot of Bills fans get upset about that when I say that, you know, the Bills should think about re-signing Jordan Mills for $3 million a season or something like that. But when you look at the contracts that right tackles like uh, Mills are getting on the open market, that's, I mean, that's the market for them. And so if you want average to below average right tackle play, that's what you have to pay for them. And yeah, there's guys available in free agency or there's other guys available in free agency and there's guys available in the draft, but there's only so many spots you can fill with top of the line starters before you either run out of options with money or you run out of draft picks. And especially in Buffalo where it's not always easy to sign the top free agents at every position, it's helpful to have those kind of average to below average starters that can step in and play meaningful snaps for you while you fill in the holes around them. And, you know, Mills was part of a great scoring line for the Buffalo Bills that you know, we're able to put up a ton of points. He's been part of teams that have been good on offense. And so it, it's not like everything can be tied to the right tackle being crappy and we need to upgrade that position above all else. So just take all of those with a grain of salt. I'm not saying they should sign those guys, but maybe they should. <laughs> and maybe uh, they should at least consider it. And then when they sign a guy that other teams are saying the same things about, that we're saying about Jordan Mills or Jonathan Miller, then, you know, it's just kind of this round robin thing where, you know, oh, he's new, so he must be better than the guy we just got rid of. That's not always the case. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, and that's the question I'm getting this week. Why on earth are you writing those articles about those unrestricted free agents uh, that the Bills shouldn't re-sign? Sean calling from Denton, Texas. Hey, uh, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott seem to have an eye for talent that uh, Levi Wallace, Robert Foster, uh, you know, Isaiah McKenzie, guys that are kind of like not really truly the starters or even uh, the top echelon, I'm thinking that they're looking at beyond the starting 22 free agents. Are there any second-tier free agents out there that might be ready to come out and blossom that you think that the uh, team will target during free agency? I'm thinking they are going to be looking at that level of free agent rather than one of the top types of free agents that most people are going to be familiar with. Thank you. Have a good day, and I love the uh, podcast. Hi, Sean. Thanks for calling in from Dallas Cowboys territory. I was uh, just a stone's throw away from Denton, Texas uh, a couple of years ago, presenting at a conference in Grapevine, which is just kind of northwest of the Dallas-Fort Worth airport there. So I didn't really get to see much of the town. I was just there for the conference. So I didn't get up to like the University of North Texas or anything like that. But that's neither here nor there. Your question is about uh, second-tier free agents, and I'm going to talk about guys that are a little bit better than uh, Isaiah McKenzie, Robert Foster, and Levi Wallace, at least as far as pedigree goes. Those guys, uh, Wallace and Foster, were undrafted free agents, and McKenzie was, I think, a six-round pick that was cut by the Broncos. So it's not like, I mean, you're talking about like, way deep diamond-in-the-rough guys, and, and I have no idea looking around the league, which one of those guys can do it. But I'm going to give you a couple um, second-tier free agents, guys that have been backups in the league and have 
have shown to be okay when, or, or maybe they just need to get a chance cause they've been behind, you know, all pro players or things like that. So let's start with, uh, uh, EJ Gaines. Uh, he's a guy that obviously played, uh, for the bills just two seasons ago, went and played with the Browns for a year, but got injured in Cleveland. He's a guy I could see the bills coming back and coming and, and maybe making him one of those, you know, cornerback twos or, you know, two B, uh, to to kind of compete with Wallace for the for the cornerback job, you can never have enough uh, starting cornerbacks. And you know if, if Gaines can't stay healthy, Wallace can come in. And if Wallace you know has a, a drop back in his sophomore year, maybe Gaines can step in. So I think it would be a win win. Uh, another guy that I was looking at was uh, B.J. Finney from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, one of the things I like about him is his versatility. He plays both guard and center. Uh, as I told you last week on the podcast, I hope the Bills go after one of those top line centers, either Matt Paradis or Mitch Morse, uh, the two big prizes on the center market. But Finney is a guy that I would love for them to bring in as kind of that replacement for Ryan Groy, a guy that can play guard or center. They can bring him in to back up Paradis or Morse. Um, maybe he starts at right guard in place of the departing John Miller. Um, maybe he's just a backup on for all three interior offensive line spots, but he's a guy that I'd really like to see them uh, take a little bit of a run at just because he never got a chance to start in Pittsburgh. And uh, if he was given a chance here, maybe he could take that spot or just play that same kind of interior swing role for the Bills. Uh, Shaq Barrett is a guy coming off of his rookie contract, and he's sat behind Von Miller in Denver for you know a few seasons now and of course Miller is very very good and uh, Barrett maybe never had the chance to kind of spread his wings and fly so to speak so he's a guy that I could see coming in and being a rotational player for the Bills at defensive end I don't have any like you know this guy who's been cut by four teams could could come into the Bills and, and really make an impact in 2019 um, those guys are just so few and far between it's really hard to predict them but those are a handful of guys that I can definitely see as coming in and playing some sort of role with those in 2019. Thanks again for your question. We'll be right back after this message. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back. As a reminder, you can always call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 716-508-0405. Now back to the questions. Hi, this is John at Harris Wall from Orlando, Florida. I want to know which players you do not want to see the Buffalo Bills add at the running back, wide receiver, tight end, or along the offensive line. Thanks. Hi, John. Thanks for reaching out to us from sunny Florida. It's uh, 
snowy and icy up here in Western New York. So I always think that when people are calling from Florida, that they're adding sunshine to my life and warmth and good weather in the middle of winter. Um, as far as your question goes, uh, I'll take it position by position and uh, maybe I won't get specific on running back. Um, I, I don't want them to to sign a 30-year-old running back. I don't want them to sign a 29-year-old running back. In fact, I don't even want them to sign anybody really going into their second contract unless they're willing to get rid of Chris Ivory and or LaShawn McCoy because they already have two aging uh, veteran running backs. If they're going to jettison both of those guys, I mean, they can sign whoever they want, really. Uh, I don't think signing, say, Le'Veon Bell is a good idea, mainly because I don't want to commit that much of my cap space to a running back, but the bills have shown that they don't really have a problem doing that, or at least Sean McDermott did and Doug Whaley did before that um, by keeping LaShawn McCoy around with the contract extension that they traded to get him. Uh, He makes a ton of money and of course didn't have a great year last year. So as long as they get younger at running back, I'm I'm probably not going to ding them too much. At wide receiver, there's, you know, Devin Funches is the guy that is probably the most polarizing player for a lot of Bills fans because he comes with that Carolina pedigree, and a lot of people have been associating Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott with you know, former Carolina Panthers players. But uh, I wouldn't have a problem necessarily if they brought him in. I'm I'm not a huge fan of most of the free agent wide receiver options. I just think they're either all too old or too limited in what they can do to really become like the Bills quote-unquote number one receiver. And Buffalo already has a couple of guys that might be able to fill that number two receiver role. So if they can't get one of the top guys in the draft or you know that, that number one type of receiver in free agency, I don't know how valuable it's going to be. I mean, what's the difference between the best number two receiver and the 15th number two receiver that's going to be available this offseason? I, I just, I don't know really. So, um, you know, guys like Golden Tate or Demarius Thomas that are you know, in their 30s and in Thomas's case coming off a pretty significant injury for a speedy wide receiver with a torn Achilles. Like those are just, I just don't know if there's a guy that's, I'm really opposed to them signing. Um, and that was what the question was. It's not advocating for one guy. It's advocating against a whole bunch of other guys. Um, I don't know, Des Bryant, maybe. I, I just don't see what he would bring to the team again, coming off of a, a big injury or you know something like that. So I don't know if there's anybody that I'd be opposed to them signing at the wide receiver position, but there would certainly be a lot of risk. At tight end, I don't want them to sign any tight end. Uh, I want them to go draft one of the guys, one of the millions of tight ends that seemingly is available in the 2019 NFL draft. Um, I'm okay with Jason Kroom sticking around to be that kind of stopgap guy. Um, if they can add one, even two uh, drafted tight ends this year and provide some solid depth there with room to grow, I'd be totally okay with that. A guy growing with uh, quarterback Josh Allen and uh, really kind of knowing his role and growing into his role on the offense. So um, the tight ends, eh, I don't really have a guy that I would hate it if they signed, but like I said, I'd really prefer if they went in and actually just drafted guys because every one of the tight ends that's on the market has either a huge question mark or, you know, warts um, going into the 2019 offseason. Even a guy like Austin Safarian Jenkins had a really down year in 2018, 
coming off you know a pretty successful uh, run with the New York Jets. Um, Jared Cook's too old. Tyler Eifert's got you know a bunch of problems. Uh, you know, just just looking down the list. So there's not really a whole lot of great tight end options, in my opinion, at the free agent on the free agent market. So I don't know why you would waste your time there. Offensive line, I think it's a little bit trickier because what I really want is them to sign an upgrade at center. Center is the most important position on the offensive line, and I think it's the most important position right now for the growth and development of Josh Allen, the Bills' second-year starter at quarterback. So even though they just signed a guy I consider a depth option, but his contract numbers might mean the Bills think of him as a starter, I do want the Bills to still go out and um, and follow Matt Paradis or, or Mitch Morse and slot him in as the starting center so that they can really help the development of Allen and the rest of the offensive line as a whole, whether it's Wyteller on the left or whoever, you know, guys they just signed. Um, so I guess the right answer at center is anybody that's not Mitch Morris and Matt Paradis. Um, along the rest of the offensive line, I think it's okay to to get, you know, some of those marginal starters or go out and draft a guy. And you know, so there's – who do I not want them to sign? I mean, I don't want them to sign the top – player at every single position on the offensive line because I think that's not the way to you know build a successful roster for the long term so it's just kind of a, a weird question but that center position is just so important I want them to sign don't I don't want them to sign anybody that's not one of the top two guys of the position especially following their recent signing of Spencer Long thanks again for your question and uh, go enjoy that uh, sunshine our twitter question of the day sent in to us at rumlings q and a with the word and spelled out in the middle of it comes from nicholas perno uh, who asked will josh allen be working with the current receivers in addition to his workouts with jordan palmer uh of course uh, we've been talking about this uh, a couple times, but Josh Allen is working once again with Jordan Palmer in California this offseason, just like he did before the 2018 NFL draft. Uh, Palmer, the former NFL quarterback and brother of Carson Palmer, has been working with a lot of quarterback, quarterbacks, including University of Buffalo quarterback Tyree Jackson, getting ready for uh, the 2019 NFL draft in addition to what he's done in the past. Uh, so obviously the bills are comfortable with that because Allen's comfortable with that and, uh, they're going to have him do that. I would anticipate at some point this off season, the bills, uh, wide receivers would get together with, um, with Allen. I, I don't know if it'll be including Derek Anderson and, uh, Matt Barkley or stuff like that, but I would assume that it'll be in California with Barkley and Allen and, um, and some of those wide receivers all coming together to do a little bit of, of work on their own. But we haven't heard anything definitive about that yet. Uh, I'm sure that when we get pictures of it, because there's always pictures now, I'm sure when we get pictures of it that uh, that we'll post it on buffalorumblings.com. We aren't very far away from the, the Super Bowl right now, and a lot of uh, players schedule their, their vacations and their trips for right after the Super Bowl. Because, you know, for instance, Allen was in uh, – doing Super Bowl work all week, the week leading up to it uh, with sponsors and, and doing a bunch of stuff with Barstool Sports. So, you know, he was he was busy that whole week leading up to the Super Bowl. So, you know, he, he probably hasn't really started doing any of that, 
you know, at least full time yet. So, you know, give them a couple more weeks and, uh, and then you'll start to see some of that more, more come out in February. I'm sorry, in uh, March and April. So thanks again for your question on Twitter, Nick. You can find us at Rumlings Q&A, uh, where you can send us in your questions on Twitter. We've got another Twitter question this week. This one is from Connor Evans, who asks, in the Bills' current condition with not really needing an early draft pick, unlike the other teams who need a quarterback, would it be easier and better to trade back and get wide receiver DK Metcalf and then an offensive lineman? Uh, great question from Connor and uh, something I actually wrote about earlier this week on buffalorumblings.com. I'll put a link to that in the show notes for you. But uh, yeah, the Bills are in a position to use the quarterbacks to potentially uh, trade back down in the draft. Um, Kyler Murray uh, joining the fray puts three quarterbacks that could be in consideration in the top 15. And even though folks are generally in agreement that the 2019 quarterback class is worse than the 2018 draft class, that doesn't mean that quarterbacks aren't going to be a commodity in the top 10 and the bills are picking nine. Um, initially, when we saw you know, mock drafts come out, so the first quarterbacks weren't going off the board until 12, 13, 14, uh, somewhere in there with like the Miami Dolphins or you know just later because the value isn't there. But as history has shown us, it's uh, it's a very very rare quarterback class. I think EJ Manuel and uh, oh why can't I think of that bad Jets quarterback that was drafted after him? It's not really important. But think of uh, quarterback classes that you know, just don't have anybody that should be going in the top round and they still have guys going in, you know, the, the twenties and the, and the late teens. So that is not this class. Uh, quarterback needy teams are going to trade up into the top 10, um, to draft a quarterback. It's just how history has shown over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, you know, teams do not wait on quarterbacks, even if the value isn't necessarily there. So, you know, you could see the Jaguars, the Broncos and the Dolphins all trade into the top 10 to get their quarterback of the future, quote unquote. Uh, whether it's Drew Locke or, or Murray or Duke quarterback Daniel Jones. The quarterbacks are going to be taken in the top 15. In the latest SB Nation mock draft, uh, the, the Jaguars actually traded up to number three to get the guy that they wanted. The Dolphins were able to stand pat, I think, and get their quarterback. And then um, the, the Broncos traded up to number seven. So um, it, it – if that happens, uh, the Bills would seemingly be in a good position because they're one spot ahead of the Broncos at number 10. If somebody wanted to jump up and and uh, pick ahead of the Denver Broncos, then they could seemingly trade with the Bills. But uh, if the Broncos don't want to wait, which they shouldn't because the Giants are sitting there at, I think, six, the, um, the Jaguars are at seven. So you know, there's other teams even in the top 10 that would definitely consider taking a quarterback. And like I said, I wrote all this down in my article that published earlier this week on buffalorollings.com. So you, you definitely want to go check that out uh, to get all of my information on that and uh, just to read my opinion, Connor. Um, 
as far as the guys that they might take, uh, you had them trading down for DK Metcalf and an offensive lineman. Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in trading back and getting those guys. Um, so say they pick up a first rounder later in 2019 and add a second rounder for moving back a few spots. And I haven't gone through and looked at all those trade scenarios, but you know they move down, say, into the middle of the first round. They could certainly get Metcalf there um, or one of the other top wide receivers. And then they can get one of the offensive linemen that falls into the second round and be perfectly fine with that, or a tight end, or they've got spots at defensive line that they need to address, or future positions at like edge rusher that they could address. So there's lots of spots they could go, and those would certainly be two uh, two deep areas where they could add to their their roster. But yeah, worst case scenario is that you know two quarterbacks or something like that get picked in the top. 10 and nobody's willing to trade up with Buffalo or something like that. But if quarterbacks are being taken ahead of Buffalo, that means solid players like, um, you know, offensive tackles or something like that could be, could be falling down. And that's exactly, again, what happened in the SB nation mock this week. The bills were able to land Jonah Williams from Alabama, who could be their starting left tackle or starting right tackle for the next decade. So it's, you know, it's, it's really a win-win situation for the Bills because they don't need a quarterback this year. They can stand pat and let guys fall to them if, if folks are trading up ahead of them for quarterbacks. Um, maybe they can land a couple extra picks and trade back down, uh, but you know they're not in a position where they have to trade up and be a little bit more desperate like some of their teams are, whether it's you know Doug Marone with the Jaguars or, um, or John Elway with the Denver Broncos. Thanks again for your question. to everybody who submitted questions for this week's episode you can call us 24 hours a day seven days a week at 716-508-0405 tweet us your questions at rumblings q and a with the word and spelled out right in the middle of that you can leave questions in our show notes that appear on Buffalo Rumblings every Wednesday morning when the podcast posts. You can send us an email at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us a text message at 716-508-0405. You can send us a Facebook message. There's lots of ways to get in touch with the show to have your question answered as we approach free agency and the 2019 NFL Draft. Please make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And uh, if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would help other people find our show. You can also tell one friend about us if you listen to us every week here at Rumblings Q&A. We'd love it if you could tell one friend to subscribe to our show and see what it's all about. It would really help us grow our fan base as we enter the busiest time of the Bills offseason. Thanks again, and go Bills.